Welcome to Open to Hope Radio with your host, mother-daughter team, Dr. Gloria and Dr. Heidi Horsley. This show is brought to you by the Open to Hope Foundation with the mission of helping people find hope after loss. This show has been edited for your convenience. Now, Open to Hope Radio. Our topic today is the healing power of music, and as my mom said, our guest is Cindy Bowens. Cindy Bowens is a critically acclaimed two-time Grammy nominee. Her inspiring, widely acclaimed 1999 CD, Somewhere Between Heaven and Earth, was written and recorded after the tragic death of her 11-year-old daughter, Jessie. Since its release, Cindy has touched thousands of people around the world with her inspired songs of love and loss, despair and hope. Welcome to the show, Cindy. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. It's great to have you on, Cindy, and uh, we've just been reading about all your wonderful musical accomplishments. And uh, Were you a musician before Jesse died? Oh, gosh, yes. I have been uh, in the music business as a professional for about 35 years. I uh, started out, uh, my first big break was uh, singing backup with Elton John, and I wow. went, went on to uh, sing on the Grease movie soundtrack and have my own career. Uh, those two Grammy nominations are from uh, the late 70s and early 80s. Then I got married and had kids and kind of bowed out of the business for a while. So Jesse definitely brought me back as a recording artist and singer-songwriter. So, oh, that's... so after her death, it brought you back? Yes, after her death. Uh, Somewhere Between Heaven and Earth was written in the first two years after her death, mm-hmm. uh, that album, and truly uh, it was written for me uh, I it was not you know I didn't wake up one day and say okay well my daughter's dead I'm going to write some songs about it I I it was really my I, I was really compelled to write those songs at different points uh during uh the first 2 years after her death the first year after her death the first song I wrote was somewhere between heaven and earth which is the title track and that song emerged from me about four months after her death. I had not picked up my guitar since she died. Up until that point, I, of course, had no desire to live, let alone write a song or record a song. I had no, uh, just no inspiration whatsoever. Of course, I was devastated. Um, now, tell us a little bit for our audience about Jesse and about uh, what happened. Uh, Jesse uh, was diagnosed in December of um, uh, 1995 at 10 years old uh, with fourth-stage Hodgkin's disease. Uh, she died only three months later in March of 1996 from an infection, um, just very, very suddenly. Oh, my goodness. So that yeah. was a huge surprise because they are treating Hodgkin's disease. You're right. Uh, right. Uh, although she did have, uh, she was doing well in the first round of treatment and then uh, it came back very, um, very strongly and she had uh, a more se- uh, severe treatment with chemo, getting ready for a bone marrow transplant, which she never had. So uh, uh, it was, a, it was a kind of a baffling um, turn of events for everyone, including her, her doctors and uh, um but uh, so yes, it was like she got diagnosed with cancer, but then she got hit by a truck. Um, it was just out of the blue that she uh, that she died. So, um, but she was uh, a redheaded Spitfire, uh, really, truly a uh, a buoyant, 
um, just very active, very happy uh, child. Um, never was bored for a minute in her life, and we knew right out of the box that she had something going that we that was beyond. Uh, Beyond us, because she, she was uh, living her life to the fullest. Absolutely, like. absolutely. In fact, and way before she ever got diagnosed, or we knew what was going to happen, we used to just marvel at her ability to live every moment to the fullest. And she had some connection to something that uh, certainly her father and I uh, uh, weren't quite there yet. And she ran circles around her sister, who was also a very strong person, her older sister, Reed, who is uh, uh, the love of my life. Uh, now, Reed was how old at the time? Reed uh, was, it was, Jesse died nine days before Reed's 14th birthday. And Jesse was 11. Jesse had just turned 11 three weeks before that. Jesse also died two days after my birthday, So, and the last time I spoke to her was on my birthday. So the birthday thing, and I talked to a lot of bereaved parents, there's a lot of very strange coincidences with the birthday thing. Mm-hmm. Well, talk to us a little bit about Somewhere Between Heaven and Earth, because we're going to be playing that after we come back from break. I love your um, There's No Rhythm in the Rain. Mm. Uh, it's kind of an amazing line. There's no rhythm in the rain. There'd be magic in the moon. There's no magic in the moon, yeah. yeah. The, uh, that song, as I just said uh, a little earlier, emerged from my being. It, uh, I am a professional songwriter. I've written songs for other people. I've been doing it my whole life. So, but, I should say, this song and the songs from this album, Somewhere Between Heaven and Earth, came from a completely different place than anything before that I've done and anything after that I've done. So, so you had the need to express yourself. You had to do it. It's exactly. I had to do it. And I didn't want to do it, I might add. It was with resistance. When I wrote some, the song, Somewhere Between Heaven and Earth, I was at once, I had this spark of kind of, I didn't call it hope at the time, although there's hope in every single song of those ten songs, there is hope in those songs. But I didn't have hope at four months after Jesse's death. But there was a spark of something that stirred inside me when I wrote that song. But I was also horrified because I had just written... Now, mind you, I am a professional singer and songwriter, and I was horrified that I had just written a song about the death of my own daughter. And then I thought to myself... Did you feel any shame with that? Yeah, it was a little bit of that. And then I thought right away, wait a minute, if I was a painter, I'd be painting about my grief. If I was a poet, I'd be writing about my grief. So I reconciled it almost immediately, but it was a very strange feeling to have done that. Um, But the song was the most perfect song I had written at that time, and it did emerge from the depths of my being and totally and truly inspired by my grief and my love and my soul, which every single song on there is. What are your favorite parts of this? (laughs) You better read what you can because because <laughs> it's about Jesse. Every single part of it's my favorite. <laughs> well, I loved. Uh, there's one place where it, you know it just is really kind of amazing. But there's no rhythm in the rain. There's no magic in the moon. There's no power in the pain till somewhere between heaven and earth, I can find you again. <laughs>
Wow, how do we follow up with that? Yeah, that is really powerful, very emotional. Yes, thank you. Thank you. For me as well. I was going to say, <laughs> is it easier to listen to your music or sing it? You know, it's very interesting uh, uh, with these songs because of how and why they came. They, It's not like they're my songs. It's like they live on their own. They are their own entity, and they came through me at some point. So when I hear them, and even when I sing them, um, I listen to the words in a different way than I would another song that wasn't about Jesse. They affect me still very deeply. In fact, it's been 12 years since Jesse's death now, and when I think back to the fact that I wrote those songs in the first two years after her death, I can't believe it. I just can't believe it. Now, how did they come to you? Did you dream about them or think no, about they, them? Or they, no, I, they, I really was, I think what I, the word that I used was I, well, I was struck with them. That song was written four months after Jesse's death, and I thought, okay, I've written a song about her, and it was very powerful for me. And that was it. I mean, I didn't have a thought about doing anything else. And three months later, I wrote another song called In Better Hands. And I thought, oh, I've written two songs. Okay. And three months after that, I wrote a song called A Thousand Shades of Grey. And I thought, oh, I've written three songs now that I've been struck with about my grief, about my love and that and that horrible loss, but, but my struggle with you know, all all of the stuff that we go through as bereaved parents. and Well, Cindy, you know what loss. I find interesting? I know that you are somehow writing about your own experience, but it, in a sense you are almost a vehicle for all the mothers in the world. Well, this is, this is the gift that Jesse has given me because since the release of that album, which will be uh, nine years in September, and actually, no, it's nine years now because before it came out internationally, it, it, I, I had it as a... Uh, 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 benefit album, but in April of uh, 1990, where are we, 8, um, no, 1999, it'll be 10 years next year. Anyway, um, yeah, it, it, it was uh, just an incredible experience to do, to do this record and to have this. Uh, and how can people get a hold of your CD? How can they find out more about you? They can uh, go on to my website, which is cindybullens.com, C-I-N-D-Y-B-U-L-L-E-N-S.com, and you can uh, click on um, the CD Baby, just go on to my albums. It's very, very clear on my, re- on my um, site. Uh, click on to albums, and uh, you can buy it right from CD Baby, or you, if you want it signed, you can buy it directly from me, but then you have to email me, which is all on, on my site as well. I have a signed one from uh, Rosemary. <laughs> yeah, Rosemary uh, Smith, uh, my my dear, dear friend. And by the way, I want to talk about that after that. Yeah. But before we, um, yeah. a- after break, uh, but I wanted to, after break, we're going to hear another one of uh, Cindy's songs, and I wanted to uh, have her talk about it before we go to break. It's As Long As You Love Scarlet Wings. Right. And you have a beautiful picture. By the way, when you get the CD album, you get all the wonderful lyrics and a wonderful picture. Are those your two daughters? Yes, yes. Uh, Reed and Jesse. Um, Reed uh, is my older daughter who was almost 14 when Jesse died. And when I was uh, 
this was the hardest song for me to write, and it took the longest time because it's so powerful. But anyway, I was trying to record it. I know you're going to break, but I'll just say very briefly, I was trying to record it myself, and it just didn't work. I couldn't sing the chorus without crying. And um, so I thought, oh, well, I want maybe Reed will sing it, my daughter. So Reed was 16 at the time, and we went into the studio, and she sang the choruses to this song, which are Jesse's, which is Jesse's voice speaking back to me in the song, and it's just incredibly powerful. How did you even record it? Didn't it just shake you? Or you it does. Kind it of did. But every, every song shook me, and that's a whole other hour or two of talking <laughs> about how I got through doing that and how I sing them live, but, um, but it was very difficult to keep the true emotion of these songs and yet have them be professional mm-hmm. in their sound because the obviously, as any bereaved parent knows and anyone who's suffered a great loss, your emotions are there. They're just there, especially in the first few years. They're, they're so raw. And so it was very difficult for me to sing these songs. Uh, before we play uh, Cindy's song, As Long As You Love Scarlet Wings, I wanted uh, to have her talk a little bit about how it got produced and who helped her with it, who's singing on these it was an incredible experience because, uh, as I said, I did this record. I had no record company at the time, and I was recording this record for me, not for the public. I had no idea that anyone else was going to hear this, but it, it, it kind of gave me something to do. And because I've been in the business for so long and I have many friends in this business who are much more well-known than I am, um, they came out and uh, helped me. And, uh, for example, on Somewhere Between Heaven and Earth, the song that your audience just heard, uh, Brian Adams, the great Brian Adams, sang um, uh, the harmony on that song. And uh, on another song, Bonnie Raitt sang the harmony. And uh, on another one, uh, Beth Nielsen Chapman, who lost her husband, who's a good friend of mine and is a wonderful singer-songwriter. Lucinda Williams is on this. Rodney Crowell is on this. There are um, unbelievable. It's just unbelievable. And the musicians who played, which you may not know their names, and I won't name them all, did this. Uh, engineers, you know, everybody, studios did this because they knew what I needed to do for myself. It was just an incredible thing. Yeah, and we were talking during break about how hard it is to get the word out about grieving and recovery and and the the process and the trip. People don't want to hear it out in the world. It's too painful. And it I, it's true. And uh, I was saying to you at the break that I, I mean I, I'm a loud person. I, I'm I'm there when I walk in the room. I, I'm I'm pretty present. And uh, I. I uh, and Jessie was the same way. By the way, you always knew she had the red hair, though, which uh, made her even more visible. <laughs> but um, but when Jessie died on the day that Jessie died, I turned to my husband Dan and I, her father, and I said, "I am not going to be silent about her death." Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what that meant at the time. I had no idea. I certainly didn't say, "Hey, I'm going to write an album and get it out there." I didn't know. I only knew that there was no way that I was not going to talk about my child who existed on this earth and who deserved to be known uh, for who she was. 
That's great. I love it. Well, uh, talk a little bit about your workshop before we go to the song so people know what's available if they have some uh, want to do something in their community. And thank you very much for mentioning that. I do and have done for the past 10 years uh, a really a variety of, of venues for the my workshop is called Grieving Out Loud Somewhere Between Heaven and Earth. And I have done it for whether it's uh, just uh, uh, local compassionate friends groups, or I've done it for medical schools. I've been to Penn State University, the universe, State Uni- uh, Florida State University, Dartmouth Medical School. Um, uh, I've done everything from colleges to the Pediatric Oncology Nurses Association to the uh, Palliative Care Physicians National Association. So everything in between, whether you're a private group who uh, wants to uh, uh, have me come and, and talk and, and mostly it, my talk really centers around the music. Mm-hmm. Um, my, and it depends on the venue, of course. If I'm doing a medical school, I do talk about uh, Jesse's disease and, and how uh, our family experienced, what our experience was along with the music. But it's based on the CD somewhere between heaven and earth and, and Jesse's story and our story, our family story around Jesse's life and death. And, uh, and it, for me, even though I, I said before on one of our breaks that I do civilian gigs, obviously I am a singer-songwriter, I am a recording artist, so I go around the world singing and playing uh, professionally. And but, telling your story. And your songs. T- how, how has your music right. changed? Uh, you know, even on your on your public gigs, has Jesse's death changed the way you approach those? Absolutely, Jesse's death has changed every cell of my being, mm-hmm. inside, outside, everything. So everything I do today has been affected by Jesse's death, whether it's it's acutely meaning how I think about something, or whether it's just. Uh, spiritually or, or, or um, more generally. And yes, I write, because the songs from Jesse's, uh, from Somewhere Between Heaven and Earth, were written so purely. It's just pure love that goes into, that went into those songs. Pure love. Um, now when I write, I, I mean, actually, now it's a little bit easier to write a regular rock and roll song or a regular song just about a love story or, or something else. But it took a while to transition into that because those songs were so powerful. But, yes, it has changed the way I look at everything. And when uh, we get, I think we brought to play this one before our next break, and when we get back from our next break, we're going to talk even more about how it's changed you because your last uh, the last song we're going to play is very connected with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now we're going to hear um, As Long As You Love, Scarlet Wings, and I just wanted to read a couple of paragraphs from that. As long as you love, you will see me in the stars. As long as you look up at the stars, I will be there. As long as you love, I will whisper in your ear. Little whispers you will hear. As long as you love, as long as you love. You are standing here beside me now as I watch the children play. To those of us you left behind, you are never far away. And my daughter Reed sings sings those choruses, which I did not say. So. Oh, amazing, and I read the two that she sings. Right. She sings, uh, when she was 16, she did that duet with me. So amazing. very important to All me. All right, if we can hear that. Time has a different meaning now 
as long as you... Well, again, uh, how do you top that one? That's uh, really wonderful, Cindy. And, and it's you. such a wonderful tribute to her sister that Reed sung that with mm-hmm. you. I was wondering, do you still um, perform that together? Um, <clears throat> well, we don't. Uh, we do. We have. <laughs> let's mm-hmm. put it that way. When she agrees to do it, it's very difficult for her to do that song, but we have on mm-hmm. occasion done it for special uh, tributes and, and so on and so forth. And when I can, when I'm performing, uh, she lives in Maine and I live in Maine, and when I'm performing uh, somewhere where she is, she's now married with, uh, with a one-year-old, um, then I ask her to come and, and sing with me, and uh, and it's up to her. Sometimes she says yes, and sometimes she says no. Right. But um, but yes, it's a very powerful experience when we do sing together. Very powerful. That's great that you're that you're able to share that um, together. Well, tell me, um, we're gonna in the in the next we're gonna go to break in a minute. But but I am so intrigued with the next song we're gonna hear from you, which is better than I've ever been. Mm-hmm. Um, Heidi and I are always amazed with what our audience, uh, the people that we have on the show, go on to do later on. But we always remind our audience out there that early on we didn't really. I mean, it's amazing you wrote those songs early on, but but um, it's a it's a difficult process. It is really... a difficult process, and and the song "Better Than I've Ever Been," uh, which is a song that many people I've I've gotten a lot of response about was a song, first of all, it was one of the last songs written in the two years that it took me to write all ten songs. So it was toward the two-year mark, but it was my wish for myself. Mm-hmm. I certainly at that point wasn't thinking, oh, uh, my life is going to be... And, and, and let me just say this, I don't, it, it's not about being happier than I've ever been. You know, it's it's about being a better person than I've ever been, more compassionate, more giving, uh, more aware, more awake uh, in my life. And, um, and that's what that song is about. And I will say that it's been my marker um, in the last 12 years or 10 years since I've written it, and I do believe that one day at a time I am becoming... Uh, a better person than I've ever been. So when you first wrote it, it was your wish. Exactly. But then you got to a point later on, you were saying during break, it, what, ten, the 10-year ten mark or something, where you felt like your life was more in line with your Yes, song? after, it's been 12 years. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, last March, it was, this last March, it was 12 years since Jesse's death. And really, only in the past year, year and a half, uh, I have felt a very profound Yes. Well, we're going to be closing up the show with a segment uh, better than I've ever been, and I just wanted to uh, read a little part of it. Um, it, uh, it says, I laugh louder, cry harder, take less time to make up my mind, I think smarter, go slower, I know what I want and what I don't. I'll be better than ever, maybe I'll be better than I've ever been. I love that. I, I like the idea, I laugh louder, I cry harder, I take less time to make up my mind. I mean, that's... Uh, I think what one of the things you lose, is my thought, is you lose fear. Yes, exactly. Uh, what What is there to be afraid of when the worst thing is that that could ever happen has happened? Right, and you and you make it, and 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 that's it. Well, uh, because we're going to hear that song, I want to thank you now, Cindy, so much for being on the show. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it, and I want to say to the new new newly breathed that this song was my wish for myself. 
at two years after Jesse's death. So it's it doesn't happen that quickly often. So, but thank you so much for having me on the show. listening to Open to Hope Radio. You can sign up for our newsletter, Facebook, and Twitter on our homepage at opentohope.com.